Welcome back, and thank you for listening to Xenozoic Xenophiles, a fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales, a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs, from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth, and this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Mark Schultz, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We're doing this podcast because we enjoy reading and talking about the world of Xenozoic Tales, created by Mark Schultz. In this episode, we're covering Xenozoic Tales, Issue 10, from April 1990. It features one story written and illustrated by Mark Schultz, and a second story written by Mark Schultz and illustrated by Steve Stiles. We've explained our title in the past, but we'll quickly review it for new listeners. Of course, Xenozoic is part of the title of the comic. Xeno is defined as something that is strange or foreign, while Zoic refers to a geological period of time. So, Xenozoic basically means strange age. And a xenophile is someone who is interested in foreign lands and foreign cultures. That word describes us perfectly, because we're definitely interested in foreign lands and cultures, just like those found in Xenozoic Tales. Of course, many of you might be familiar with the series under the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, which has occasionally been used for reprint collections, as well as for video games and an animated TV series. The original comic series, created, written, and primarily illustrated by Mark Schultz, was published by Kitchen Sink Press under the title Xenozoic Tales for 14 issues from 1987 through 1996. And this is a very exciting time to be revisiting the series, because Mark Schultz is currently working on a new Xenozoic Tales graphic novel. Be sure to join the Facebook page, Mark Schultz, Xenozoic Tales, and other stories for the latest official news and information. Flesk Publications has announced there will be a Kickstarter campaign for the new book. More information will be released about that later, and we will definitely be promoting it on all of our social media pages when it starts. If you don't have the earlier issues of the series, but want to pick them up, we recommend the collection titled Xenozoic, which contains all of the stories written and illustrated by Mark Schultz. It's a wonderful, oversized book printed on high-quality paper. It's available in two beautiful covers that you can order directly from Flesk Publications. We'll include a link in our show notes. And while you're there, be sure to check out the other wonderful publications they have available. And if you would like some music to listen to while reading the series, then consider picking up Songs from the Xenozoic Age. It's an eclectic mix of fun songs by John Chris Christensen that are inspired by the series, and the CD features album art by Mark Schultz. We always enjoy sharing listener feedback and being part of the fun conversations with listeners on social media. So please feel free to write in anytime and let us know what you think about the series. We'd love to know what you like best about the art and stories and how you first discovered Xenozoic Tales. Later in the episode, we'll share your listener feedback and we'll provide our email address and other ways to contact us at the end of the show. And later in the episode, we'll have some details about Raleigh Supercon, where we had our first panel about our podcast, giving us a chance to talk about Xenozoic Tales and some of our other favorite comics. Xenozoic Xenophiles is part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Trekker Talk is a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of the sci-fi comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. And Warlord Worlds is a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. Mark Schultz, Ron Randall, and Mike Grell are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is excellent. We'll include links to those other podcasts in our show notes, but for now, let's check out this month's issue. Xenozoic Tales number 10, April 1990. Publisher, Dennis Kitchen. Editor, Dave Schreiner. Letters, Denise Prowl. Production, Jan Manweiler. Circulation, Gene Bunkelman. Cover colors, Denise Prowl.
It's the 26th century. The world has undergone a great geological cataclysm causing global catastrophes. Few people survived. Those that did found themselves living in isolated tribes in a very different world and a strange ecosystem. It's a new age known as the Xenozoic Era. The cover features an action-packed scene set in a dark underground cavern. A stone wall can be seen in the dim light. In the foreground, Jack Tenrick is in battle with a giant alligator. His only weapon is a knife. In the background, Hannah Dundee also holds a knife, and beside her, Governor Dahlgren is holding a torch that provides the only light in this underground setting. The colors do a terrific job of setting the mood. You can feel the movement of the alligator as water splashes all around. The expression on Jack's face is determined, and Hannah's expression is cautious as she stands ready to assist in battle. Meanwhile, Governor Dahlgren's face is filled with terror. Her political battles haven't prepared her for something like this. Lords of Earth, written and illustrated by Mark Schultz. Our story opens with Jack and Hannah aboard a small sailboat. Jack stands watch while Hannah writes a letter to her contact at the Bureau of Foreign Affairs in Wasoon. The date on the letter notes it is the 53rd year of rediscovery. Something has obviously happened, and as Hannah writes her letter, the story unfolds. Jack had gone missing again. With everything that had happened, Hannah and Kurgo suspected foul play and went in search of him. They found Jack in a swamp, exhausted and injured from an encounter with both a cutter and a T-Rex, as told in the previous issue, and helped him recover before beginning their journey home. However, before they can make it back to the garage, a large storm moves in. The trio of friends find shelter in a cave and wait out the bad weather. The storm turns out to be a hurricane that rages for two days. Rain pours down as lightning fills the sky and winds pound the landscape. Dinosaurs race across the plains trying to escape from the storm. Back at the City in the Sea, the political race for governor is heating up between Wilhelmina Scharnhorst and Mustafa Cairo. As Jack's friend and confidant, Governor Dahlgren can already see that an alliance is formed between Scharnhorst and Governor Nock, and Governor Toulouse seems almost convinced to join them. Toulouse's loyalty is to the farmers, and Scharnhorst's criticism of the restrictions that Jack Tenrick and the other old blood mechanics put on the farmers is convincing him it's time to try a different approach. <laughs> Finally nearing the garage, Jack, Hannah, and Kurgo are met by Mustafa Cairo and a group of his engineers on horseback. Mustafa Cairo details what has happened while they've been gone, including the destruction of the aqueduct and the political race between him and Scharnhorst. The vote of the council is only hours away, so the group quickly heads toward the city. A crowd has gathered outside the council chambers to hear the speeches before the governor's vote. Mustafa Cairo delivers a passionate speech, reminding the crowd of the importance of balance from the teaching of the Machinato Vitae, but the crowd is unmoved by his words. Sharnhorst then delivers her speech, using the recent storm to illustrate her belief that there is no balance. Crops were destroyed, livestock was decimated, and residents were killed. The people must reject the teachings of the old blood mechanics and take charge of their world. The crowds cheer and the governors go inside to vote. The governors return quickly because the vote is unanimous. Wilhelmina Scharnhorst is the newly elected governor. Scharnhorst gestures to the shadows and several moles step forward, grabbing Jack Tenrick and beating him in front of the crowd. She tells him she will force the jungle back and drain the swamps and build an empire. 
She orders her moles to round up all of the old blood mechanics. The crowd looks on in stunned silence, but no one makes any move against their newest governor. Hannah glares at Governor Dahlgren, letting her know that she considers her to be a traitor, and then she and Mustafa Cairo make a quick retreat. That night, Hannah sneaks into the dungeons and overpowers a guard, and makes her way down the long, winding stone stairs to where Jack is chained to a wall. Hannah hears someone else coming down the stairs, and it turns out to be Governor Dahlgren. The two of them have both come to free Jack. Governor Dahlgren leads Jack and Hannah further into the depths of the underground tunnels. Stone walls run along one side of the path, and water laps at the stone floors on the other side. Dahlgren tells them there is an airlock ahead where she has hidden a boat. But suddenly, out of the water, a giant alligator lurches toward them. Jack dives into the water with a knife, but has little hope against the large, ferocious creature. Then, from the shadows, Mustafa Cairo leaps into the water to help, and together the two of them were able to overpower and kill the giant creature. Arriving at the airlock, Mustafa tells Jack he won't be joining them. He and his engineers will continue to follow the teachings of the Machinato Vitae, and are going to mount a resistance. Governor Dahlgren tells Jack she voted for Scharnhorst only because the vote was already decided, since both Nock and Toulouse were going to support her. By appearing to be on their side, she will work behind the scenes to collect information, and she will try to slow the process when she can. Dahlgren steps forward and kisses Jack, and he calls her Lorraine, as Hannah looks on in disbelief. It is now her turn to be jealous. Jack and Hannah swim through the airlock to the surface and board the small sailboat. As they sail away, Hannah begins to formulate a plan. If she can convince the leaders in Wasoon to attack the city in the sea and overthrow the council, they would have complete access to the library, which has been their goal all along. The series takes some twists and turns in this issue, and I especially like the way Mark Schultz chose to frame the story. By having the story start after the events, the reader becomes immediately aware that things have changed significantly, and then the story steps back in time to help us catch up. This technique gives Mark Schultz the ability to guide the reader through the events to understand the many nuances that have led to this inevitable conclusion. I also like that the technique provides the opportunity for a little more world building when we see Hannah date her letter as the 53rd year of rediscovery. I love those little touches. And I also want to take a moment here to compliment another technique that Mark Schultz uses effectively throughout this series. He manages to give us what feels like a complete story in most every issue, and yet is still able to pick up with the subsequent issue by creating the feeling of a continuing story. It's a compliment to be able to say that most issues feel like a one-and-done story, and yet when you look at the series as a whole, you get the feeling of a single story. It's a great accomplishment that the series works both ways. And this issue is a perfect example of that by picking up with Hannah and Kurgo finding Jack after his encounter with the dinosaurs in the swamp from the previous issue. Then the political intrigue definitely heats up, and we see how manipulative and calculating Sharnhorse can be. She plays this game of chess expertly. She even has the confidence to have her moles beat up Jack in front of the crowd, even though most of the onlookers have respected Jack for years. Yet they turn against him in a short period of time to follow Sharnhorst. Meanwhile, there's a little bit of fun playfulness in the issue to lighten the mood thanks to our other leading ladies. We've seen Governor Dahlgren feeling jealous of Jack's and Hannah's relationship in the past, and it's fun here to see the tables turned as Hannah feels some jealousy toward Dahlgren. This issue certainly shows that Mark Schultz's writing is as intricate as his art. There have been so many hints of things to come in the past, and this issue provides lots of payoffs with many twists and turns. 
all of our characters are in very different places than we thought they were in. And let's take a moment to talk about the art in this issue, which is as stunning as usual. The opening page of the ship on the ocean is beautiful, from the details of the ocean to the composition of the panels. I love how the sails billow out and the gulls circle, as well as the pterodactyl that flies by. Page 3 is another stunner, from the way a distant scene of the Cadillac is then set with a close-up of the Cadillac in the top of the page, to the scene of dinosaurs rushing across the plains in the center panel. And yet, as gorgeous as those panels are, they can't top the amazing close-up of Kurgo at the bottom of the page. The use of shadow and light creates a 3D effect that just leaps off the page. Governor Dahlgren gets a chance to shine in this issue. Besides her importance to the political plot, she has given several key panels throughout the issue, featuring facial expressions and body language that provide some real insight into her character. Confident strides and sideways glances early in the issue give way to concern and a sense of defeat later in the issue. The scene with the alligator makes your heart race, and the scene of Jack and Hannah swimming to the boat later in the issue features an image of a shadowed octopus in the corner, suggesting that Jack and Hannah might have narrowly escaped yet another attack without even realizing it. It's another fantastic issue setting up fantastic things ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Tim from Cord Industries, the Blue Beetle blog. I'm here to tell you about an exciting new addition to the Silver and Gold family of podcasts. The show is Beatlemania, and it focuses on what is arguably one of the greatest superheroes in all of comics history, Blue Beetle. From the adventures of Dan Garrett the Cop in the 1930s to Dan Garrett the Archaeologist in the 1960s. From everyone's favorite Ted Cord to the more recent adventures of Jaime Reyes, we'll be covering the entire legacy of the Blue Beetle. And I won't be doing it alone. Joining me for this epic journey through the lives of the Blue Beetle will be Jay from the Silver and Gold Podcast. Together, we'll be discussing, reviewing, and celebrating the awesomeness of all of the Beatles. Beatlemania, coming soon to SNGPod.com and CordIndustries.blogspot.com. Fields of Expertise, written by Mark Schultz, illustrated by Steve Stiles. The story opens in the fields of a giant farm. A steam tractor chugs along while men toil in the fields with hoes and scythes. The old blood mechanics teach the doctrine of the machinato vitae and the importance of balance to prevent catastrophes like the Great Cataclysm, but farming is a hard life in the Xenozoic Age. The soil rejects the seeds. Large insects destroy the crops. Slithers eat the livestock. There are earthquakes, blights, and droughts. But none of this compares to the devastation from a hurricane that rages for two days. Crops are flattened, entire herds of livestock are killed, homes and buildings are destroyed, many farmers die. It's no wonder the people are in a state of shock disbelief when their greatest advocate, Governor Toulouse, comes across the bay to see them. Toulouse tells them that the time of the old blood mechanics has ended and they are going to get the help they need and deserve. Soon, scores of workers arrive with construction materials and weapons. They begin to burn back the jungle, freeing up more land for crops. They spray pesticides on the crops, killing the insects. Men patrol the farms, armed with rifles, killing any dinosaur that passes nearby, whether it is a threat or not, and occasionally killing farm dogs by accident. Meanwhile, the farmers continue to toil in the fields, unsure of what these changes really mean. 
This story is another perfect example of how these backup stories expand the world that Mark Schultz has created in Xenozoic Tales. We know from the main story what has happened, but here we get to see examples of the daily life of the local farmers. And although farming is shown to be a hard way of life, you can tell the ones who have chosen this life enjoy working the land, and they see how some of the aspects of nature work in harmony, such as predatory bugs that capture insects that eat crops. But sometimes it can all just be too much. And you see the sense of excitement on the farmers' faces when Governor Toulouse first arrives with the news of the changes ahead. But the changes are not all for the good, and by the end of the story, you get the feeling that the farmers aren't sure they are still in control of their own lives, or their farms. Some of my favorite art by Steve Stiles from this story includes the opening panel of the steam-powered tractor in the field. There are also some gorgeous pictures of dinosaurs and insects throughout, and a nice variety of faces for the many farmers, and some well-done facial expressions that illustrate the changing moods of the farmers. Hello there, this is Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist, with a quick podcast promo for my show, Comics with Normies. Here's how the show works. Using my yard sailing skills, I acquire a random comic book from a yard sale. I then give said random comic to a normie, a normie being a person who doesn't normally read comic books. Then, on the show, I'll sit down with the normie to discuss the issue, get a real outsider's point of view, and see what some of the comics that we love and maybe not love so much, seem like to those normal folks we see walking around on the streets each day. It should be a fun perspective and good for a few laughs. You can check out the Comics with Normies podcast, along with some other fun-filled podcasts from White Rocket Entertainment, on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. And feel free to join the show using the Twitter handle at Normies Podcast or on Facebook at Comics with Normies. Once again, you can find Comics with Normies on iTunes and at whiterocket.podbean.com. We'll see you there. Let's review who's who and what's what in Xenozoic Tales. This is the 26th century, long after a series of geological cataclysms. What is known as the city in the sea in these stories is the island of Manhattan that is now partially submerged in the ocean. The city of Wasoon is what we now know as Washington, D.C. Jack Tinrick is an old-blood mechanic, one of the few people who have learned how to repair the many machines left over from the distant past. He's also a bit of a shaman. Hannah Dundee is a scientist and ambassador from Wasoon who has come to the city in the sea in the hopes of building cooperation between the two cities. Kurgo is a long-time and trusted friend of Jack's who works at the garage. Mustafa Cairo is an engineer and one of Jack's best friends. His services are obviously needed everywhere, as we've seen him fixing machinery at distant mines, as well as in the city. Wilhelmina Scharnhorst is the leader of the Moles, a group of people who prefer to live and work underground, where they search the aged ruins under the city and the sea. She despises the old blood mechanics, and she and Jack have little respect for each other. The Governing Council rules the city and the sea, and consists of several members, including Governors Nock, Toulouse, and Dahlgren. Some members respect Jack, while other members resent that he is more popular with the people than they are. At least he used to be. Next up is listener feedback, when we share the emails and messages we've received since last time. Thanks to everyone for the comments. Your support and encouragement is great, and we really appreciate everyone who took time to get in touch and to share your thoughts. Jerry Green of Bat Books for Beginners enjoyed the last episode, saying, I love the casting segment and the vivid descriptions of the comic. I can imagine the scenes. You helped make Xenozoic Tales come alive. I'm adding this podcast to my regular list. 
Thanks for trying out the show, Jerry. Glad you liked it. Joe Crawford of the blog for the Non-Discerning Reader said, Great episode. I swear your recaps get better with each episode. Wonderful job. Aw, thanks, Joe. John Baker commented on the cover of Issue 9 saying, Love this cover. Great colors and just a lot of stuff going on without it being crowded. And he added it would make a great t-shirt. Thanks, John. You know us well. We like to make t-shirts using some of our favorite comic covers. We use iron-on transfers to make some fun custom shirts to wear at conventions. This one may go on the list. Oliver Babel saw the cover of Issue 9 by chance on Twitter and wrote, I don't know anything about this, but I love it already. Where do I start? I need guidance. So we were excited to tell him a little more about the series and to let him know about the printed collections from Flesk Publications. When the last episode posted, we got some fun shout-outs and promos from listeners Tony Greenall, Mark Sweeney of I'm the Gun, Chris of Bat Books for Beginners, and Mountain Laurel, who said, Yay! More Cadillacs and Dinosaurs! Thanks to everyone for all of the support. Phil Longmire let us know he loved Xenozoic Tales when he spotted the cover to issue one in one of our Throwback Thursday posts. And Aaron Henley followed that up, saying that same cover to issue number one really piqued his interest, making him ready to learn more about the series. We're always happy when new people discover this great comic. And we like knowing that Mark Schultz's work is appreciated all around the globe. So let us share a couple of ways Mark Schultz's work has inspired fans in other parts of the world. A big thank you goes out to Jeffrey Willis of the Hollow World blog for bringing our attention to an international Xenozoic Tales cosplayer. Jeffrey created a great post for his blog, Wave Your Geek Flag, to showcase the awesome cosplay photos of Victoria Ruiz as Hannah Dundee. Victoria is based in Argentina. It's an outdoor photo shoot with a variety of locations, with Hannah Dundee in her classic red top and white slacks. You'll find the link in the show notes, and we encourage everyone to take a look at these fantastic photos. Then we heard from a fan in Sweden who posted an impressive comic book page and wrote, Mark Schultz inspired me when I made this page of the Swedish comic book hero Alan Kopp. It's a three-page panel with an interesting character going into action. Thank you for sharing that with us. It looks terrific. We weren't familiar with the hero Alan Kopp and enjoyed learning that he is from a Swedish science fiction comic series created in 1942. I'm intrigued by what I've seen and would love to learn more. And we received a note from Mark Schultz himself. He let us know that he enjoyed listening to the 20th Century Geek podcast, where we chatted with host Scott Weatherly and had the opportunity to discuss Xenozoic Tales. And Mark mentioned his work on the new Xenozoic pages are progressing well. Isn't that exciting news? To quote Dave Colombo, we need to shout Qua Hoon, because that is just what Dave said when he saw the post showing a couple of these preliminary pages for the all-new Xenozoic Tales book. Be sure to follow the Mark Schultz Xenozoic Tales and Other Stories Facebook page for new posts and news related to that project in the year ahead. We made a guest appearance on another podcast recently, which was Soundtrack Alley with host Randy Andrews, to discuss the music of the classic film Jason and the Argonauts. We're big fans of the films of Ray Harryhausen, and it was great to chat with Randy about this excellent movie. And it was even more fun when the conversation included thoughts about how great it would be to have a Xenozoic Tales movie with effects by Ray Harryhausen. Thanks for inviting us on the show, Randy. We were fortunate to attend HeroesCon this year and meet up with a couple of other longtime Mark Schultz fans. Scott Connor was there, and we spent some time chatting about comics, art, RPGs, and the convention. Scott picked up some great prints, including a couple with Johnny Quest, a longtime favorite of ours. And Scott joined us for a visit to Thomas Yates' table, and we enjoyed looking through his gorgeous art. Darren and I got a Prince Valiant sketch from Thomas Yates, and think it's a great connection to the podcast, since Mark Schultz currently writes for Prince Valiant, and Thomas Yates illustrates. 
And to intermix our fandom worlds a bit more, we'll mention that Ron Randall, the creator of Trekker, was also at Heroes Con. He is friends with both Thomas Yates and Mark Schultz. We love it when our worlds collide. And we also met up with Micah Harris and, as always, enjoyed our chat with him. Micah is so well-read, and we have many interests in common, including Twin Peaks that we talked about at the con. Micah has written several genre books, including a recent mystery novel called Murder in the Miracle Room. And you should check out his one-shot comic, Lorna the Relic Wrangler, with art by our friend Lawson Wallace. It's available on Comixology. We love that Micah read Xenozoic Tales when it was first released and became friends with Mark Schultz over time. Later, Mark even wrote the introduction for Micah's book, titled The Eldritch, New Adventures of Becky Sharp. It was a pleasant surprise when reading issue 10 to prepare for this episode to see a message from Micah in the letters page in the back of the book. The letter includes a great analysis of the things that work so well in these comics, and I want to share an excerpt he wrote about a character I enjoy. Hannah has personality. She's tough, brave, sneaky, emotional, can act irrational, caring, loyal. She's a truly strong female character. Your understanding of her character as a writer and body language as an artist combine fabulously in your depiction of her. And we'll wrap up our feedback section with our time at Raleigh Supercon, where we held our first convention panel about our podcasts. The panel covered all of the Rad Adventures podcast, and it was fun to talk about Xenozoic Tales and some of our other favorite comics. We put together a PowerPoint presentation to showcase some of the excellent art of Mark Schultz and explain the main setting and characters of Xenozoic Tales. We also talked about the recent book, Storms at Sea, and the Carbon art books, and of course promoted the new Xenozoic book that is coming soon. We even included slides featuring the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs animated series, as well as some of the toys and video games. And it was really neat when one attendee, who happened to be a librarian, told us he came to the panel because the title Xenozoic Xenophiles struck him as a clever use of words and alliteration. Supercon appeared to be very well attended, and there was lots of fun cosplay. There were some great comic guests, including Jim Shooter, Peter David, and Leela Del Duca, who works at Helioscope Studios with Ron Randall. Other guests included Alex Kingston of Doctor Who and one of our favorite voice actors, the hilarious Richard Horvitz from The Angry Beavers, Invader Zim, and much more. It was a great time all around, and we were really excited to share about our podcasts and our love for great adventure comics like Xenozoic Tales and amazing writers and artists like Mark Schultz. Next, we want to extend our thanks to everyone who supported the show on social media since the last episode. These are people who commented or shared posts from us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook, and we sincerely appreciate all the support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, just let us know and we'll correct it next time. And please forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just write in and let us know and we'll be sure to correct that next time too. The 20th Century Geek Podcast with Scott Weatherly, Aaron Henley, Andrea Akili, Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary Blog, Ashford of the Ride On Network featuring Feathers and Foes and Straight Out of Gallifrey, BC Fan 101, Billy Hogan of the Superman Fan Podcast, Brian Mulvey, Carlos Aviado, Chris Carnes of Bat Books for Beginners and Batman 66 on Batgirl to Oracle, Chris Mounts, Christopher Mills of the Atomic Pulp Blog and writer of Perils on Planet X, Gravedigger, and Film Noir, Clinton Robison of the Coffee and Comics Blog and Podcast, Comics in the Golden Age with Mike and Chris, Cullen Stapleton from the Worst Comics Podcast Ever, David Bagsby, Derek William Crabb of the Fan Hulls Podcast and History of Comics on Film on YouTube, Diablo Frank of the Rolled Spine Network, Diana Prince Wonder Woman, and the Bloodlines Podcasts, Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions, Eric Herringall, creator of the comic Concrew, 
Eric Mannix of Out of the Fridge and Pages for All Ages, Gene Hendricks from The Hammer Strikes and Anime Freaks, Jerry Green of Bat Books for Beginners, Giovanni Luizzi, Green Lantern HG, Jeff Darwin, Jeff Messer of the Geek Brain Popcast, Jeffrey Willis of the Hollow World Blog and Wave Your Geek Flag, Jimmy Hatchie, Joe Crawford of the Blog for the Non-Discerning Reader, John Baker, Karen Williams of Between the Pages, Larry Looper Jr., a.k.a. Vic Sage and writer for The Retroist, Laurel Phillips, also known as Mountain Flower, Mark Sweeney from the I'm the Gun blog and podcast, Martin Gray of the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl, Matthew Ward, Michael Sinkovich, Michael Rue, Nancy Najidli, Oliver Babbles, Pascal Othenek, Philip Longmire, Randy Andrews of the Soundtrack Alley, Ricardo Saw, Rolled Spine Podcast, Ryan Daly of the Power of Fishnets and Midnight the Podcasting Hour on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Scott Connor, Silver and Gold Podcast with Jay and Roy, and Tony Greenall. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. You can contact us directly at xenozoicxenophiles at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram under the name Xenozoic Xenophiles. And you can always visit xenozoicxenophiles.com for links to all of those social media pages. You can listen to the show through iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you can find all of the episodes at xenozoicxenophiles.podbean.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. That's R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Xenozoic Xenophiles, as well as Trekker Talk about the 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair by Ron Randall, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Thanks for listening, and we hope you come back next time for another new episode of Xenozoic Xenophiles. Xenozoic Xenophiles is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, please visit comicspodcasts.com. We are not affiliated with Mark Schultz or the various companies that have published the series. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album, Movie Tunes, Background Music, Songs and Loops, Volume 2. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Ah!